Good evening. Roland Martin Unfiltered will be coming up next in just about three minutes. He will be discussing the capital chaos fallout black law enforcement rip capital cops soho karen and gail king drama and roland martin unfiltered daily digital show on youtube it's going to be raw <laughs> he's uh, totally independent controls his own show and so he just he just says what he means means what he says so it will be rough it'll be a rough ride <laughs> if you're not used to someone telling you exactly what's on their mind. Okay, he'll be up in less than a minute and a half. Enjoy. He had an outstanding show yesterday about the Capitol chaos. The U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C., when the people stormed there, he had a show there, and well, he's in he's in Washington D.C., but he was um, able to put on a, about three hours worth of programming, and it's on the companion show already. It's on the show. Get your last chat on with Su Yang. Get your last chat on with Sue Yang, S-O-O-Y-A-N-G. Okay, he'll be up in less than 40 seconds. And thanks to everyone for listening in and supporting the show and telling everyone to listen. Appreciate all the support is wonderful. There are so many people listening. So many flags flying on the analytics page for all the different countries. It's just wonderful. Thank you so much. Coming up a Roller Martin on Filter broadcasting live from Atlanta. 
FBI, they are all across the country tracking down and arresting the Trump white domestic terrorists that stormed the U.S. Capitol on a Wednesday. We will show you some of these arrests. We'll also talk to California Congresswoman Maxine Waters about the Capitol Police. Was this an inside job? The black law enforcement organization Noble is calling for a review of why the Capitol Police were so unprepared. The president will join us. Trump says he will not attend Joe Biden's inauguration. We don't give a shit. And Maya Ponsetto, the woman who attacked a teenager she falsely accused of stealing her iPhone, has finally been arrested. She did an interview with Gail King, and was her ass dismissive of Gail? And in Chicago, a brick with racial slurs on it was thrown through the window of a black-owned restaurant. And another crazy-ass white woman met the wrong sister. Wait until you see the quick jab. Oh, of this Sugar Ray Robinson. It is time to bring the funk to lower my unfiltered list. They are fanning out across America, tracking down the white domestic terrorists who supported Donald Trump and stormed the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday. Folks are demanding massive accountability, not just for the terrorists, but also for their leader, Donald Trump. Here is, let's show, let's show one of the videos, folks, uh, of the West Virginia delegate recently elected uh, who was arrested today uh, in West Virginia by the FBI. Uh, his grandmother was not at all happy about him getting arrested. If y'all have that uh, video, uh, play it, please. If not, I'll play it for Okay, so as you see, uh, li listen to this, y'all. Just listen. Anything you want to say on his behalf? He's a fine man. And thank you, Mr. Trump, for inviting a ride at the White House. And you're his grandmother? I'm his grandmother. That is uh, West Virginia State Delegate Derek Evans. He's been arrested uh, by the FBI. Also, remember the guy uh, who was sitting on the desk of uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi to, uh, taking photos? The cops have also arrested him. The FBI, they are tracking down people all across this country. Many of these folks were live streaming uh, them out here talking and live streaming them, putting their photos up. And the FBI, well, they've been scouring 
uh, all of the different um, uh, photos looking uh, for these folks. Uh, it goes to show you uh, exactly uh, how devastating this was. By the way, uh, five people are now dead because a Capitol Police officer uh, who was on life support died last night. And so uh, that's one of the other issues uh, that law enforcement has. Folks, this has been uh, a stunning last two days. In a moment, we're going to talk with Congresswoman Maxine Waters. Y'all let me know when she's on the line, please. Uh, because what we are dealing with here, folks, we are dealing with one of the most serious situations that we have seen in this nation in recent years. I need everybody who's watching me right now to understand this is not the end. Listen to me clearly. This is not the end. This will not be the last time we see this happen. What Donald Trump and the Republican Party has done is they have weaponized hate. They have weaponized evil. And then you take the conservative media. You take the conservative media and you take what they do. And you take how for them this is about patriotism and democracy. No, it's not. What this is about is they cannot handle black people and Latino people and Asian people, Native American people, non-white folks voting in this country. See, we have been, not we, not on this show, not my guests, not my panelists, but mainstream media, white America has been playing footsie, playing games over the past several years. They have written pieces where they've said that this is no big deal. Y'all are making a big deal out of this. Uh, oh, no, Trump didn't mean that with his tweets. Now we know he meant every single thing. And, 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 and there's some troubling issues here. There's some troubling issues that we want to talk about. Today on the Joe Madison Show on Sirius XM Radio, Congressman Jim Clyburn was on. And here we go to my iPad. This is what the congressman said today. Something else was going on here, Joe. My office, if you don't know where it is, you ain't going to find it by accident. Folks, just so you know, I've been to Congressman Clyburn's office. And let me tell you, it was difficult getting to his office. And he's 100% right. You're not going to find his office by accident. He said, the one place where my name is on the door that office is right on Statuary Hall. They didn't touch that door, but they went into that other place where I do most of my work. They showed up there harassing my staff. How did they know to go there? How come they didn't go where my name was? They went where you won't find my name. But they found where I was supposed to be. So something else was going on untoward here. Folks, this is Congressman Jim Clyburn. Clearly implying, clearly implying that this was an inside job. This is Congressman Jim Clyburn clearly implying that there were people who worked on the inside of Capitol Hill who likely were police who were directing people where to go. I, folks, I need you to understand. I have been to that office he's talking about. It is not an easy office to find. 
you wouldn't just automatically go to that particular office. Those folks were directed to that office. I'm going to show you this clip right here. I want you to listen to what the Capitol Hill police officer says, and I think he's black. He says you can disagree. You can disagree with their respect. Listen to this. Listen. I want y'all to count here. I want you to count the number of cops standing here holding the door open. Four of them. Four of them. Come back to me. Joining us right now is California Congresswoman Maxine Waters. Uh, Congresswoman Waters, uh, what I just read from Congressman Jim Clyburn, he is clearly implying this was an inside job. We have seen numerous videos, Congresswoman, of Capitol Hill police officers waving people in. This video right here of four cops just standing there and just letting folks just trace on through the U.S. Capitol. There are some people who are calling for the Capitol Police to be dissolved and for the Secret Service to take over this police force, a police force numbering more than 1,700 with a budget that exceeds $500 million. Your thoughts? Well, let me just say it is obvious that we've got to have a deep investigation and we've got to really find out what was happening with the Capitol Police Force. We've got to understand why they would stand, as you just showed in that video, and allow to just pass through. We've got to understand why they were not equipped uh, with, you know, helmets in some instances and the kind of uh, protection uh, to be able to deal with this kind of invasion. Uh, we've got to understand why the police chief assured us that he had everything under control. And I want to just unveil this for you. I spoke about the need to be sure that we were going to have security uh, because of whom I thought was coming. Uh, and we already knew the Proud Boys were in town, and I was expecting that the Oath Keepers, the KKK, uh, the QAnon, all of them were going to be here. And so I opened up that discussion in our caucus. I was uh, told that they would have the Capitol Police call me, and he did. Uh, that is the chief of police of the Capitol Police. And so he did call me. And I spent one hour with him, and I asked him every question about security that I could possibly ask. The first thing I said to them is, him, is don't allow those protesters, those mobsters to come onto the, the plaza. Don't allow them to occupy the plaza. Uh, that's very important. He said, don't worry. It will be barricaded. They will not be able to get onto the plaza. The second thing I asked him about was, would there be, uh, would they allow them on the grassy area right adjacent to the plaza? He said, yes, uh, that is considered a place where so-called protesters can request to be, and it is a place that we will allow uh, them to protest. I said, well, what if there's an opposing group and they have a confrontation there? 
Uh, he said, well, we're going to have police station there, and they will intervene. They will not allow anything to happen, a confrontation to take place. I asked him if they would uh, basically uh, uh, create a safety uh, uh, at the intersection, right at the top of uh, you know the Capitol area there, the street uh, that's right in front of the, uh, uh, the uh, Longworth building and uh, the, uh, uh, the Cannon Building and the uh, Rayburn House Office Building. He said, no, they, couldn't, they could not block that off, uh, that that had to be open uh, for traffic and that they, you know, would have a right to, to be there, uh, you know, recognizing their First Amendment rights. I asked him, what about guns? I said, you're going to have a lot of these people coming from gun carry states, and they're going to bring those guns with them. What are you going to do about that? He said, well, if a gun is displayed, uh, we will arrest. I, I was thinking to myself, if it's displayed, is they're ready to do something with it. Otherwise, it's going to be concealed. I wasn't really comfortable with that, but that was his response. I also asked him, were they going to put officers on top of the buildings? And to tell you the truth, Roland, I was thinking about the assassination of both John Kennedy and Martin King, how they were assassinated from buildings, you know, confronting uh, not only the parade where John Kennedy was, but the motel where uh, Martin Luther King was, and that those buildings were high up, and that, you know, we know that people who are involved in this kind of criminal activity might do sniping from, you know, the windows or the roofs, etc. He said, don't worry about that. They cannot get on top of the building. Uh, in the first place, they'd have to go through uh, the Capitol in order to find their way up to the, the top of the building. And they can't get into the Capitol. That won't happen. I asked him if he knew the names of the groups that were coming. I asked him about the KKK. I asked him about QAnon. I asked them about the KKK uh, and also uh, the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys, who I reminded him that the Proud Boys were in town already and had been here for a number of days. He said that they have a system by which people have to request uh, to protest and be in certain areas, and they had to sign up. Uh, but individuals could sign up, and they wouldn't necessarily have to identify that they were with the group. And I thought that sounded strange to me. Uh, but it seemed to me that they would want to know that we have groups who are basically domestic terrorists and that they should be contained. They should not be allowed to be in what you consider uh, the allowable protest areas, etc. cetera. Uh, but he assured me uh, that uh, they have people who have to register. Uh, they talked to me. He talked to me about the forms, where they could come, and being on the Internet to register, all of that. But the bottom line was... He made sure uh, that he gave me the kind of answers uh, that would comfort me and others who maybe I would be talking to, that he had it under control, uh, that he was confident uh, that he could take care of it. And so I left there, you know, feeling, well, he's a police chief. He must know something. And so I was shocked, as everybody else was, uh, to experience the invasion of these domestic terrorists in the way that I did and others did. And I called the police chief while it was going on and I told him I was extremely upset. I was so very concerned 
uh, that the conversation that we had, he assured me, uh, insured me, uh, assured me uh, that, in fact, uh, he was in charge and he had it under control. In fact, he was not. And so here we are uh, with what has happened, uh, with them breaking uh, the windows, uh, with them scaling the walls, with them charging past our officers, doing hand-to-hand combat with some of the officers, chasing an officer up the stairs who was running from them and going on the, uh, the House floor and the Senate uh, chambers also, going into Nancy Pelosi's office, and as Jim Carlyburn has described, uh, trying to get in his door. And this is not only a stain on our democracy, uh, as we are being watched, as we were watched from around the world, we no longer hold the preeminent place of being able uh, to have a democracy that really works, uh, that we have uh, buildings that are very secure, uh, and that uh, we can uh, certainly talk to others about what they need to do uh, to have democracies at work and how they need to have the kind of security in the event uh, that they have this kind of outrageous invasion of their most sacred building uh, in all of government. And so that's what it's all about, Roland. Uh, I know that you've been you know, talking with people. You understand, you watched what was going on, and here we are now, we're talking about what we can do uh, to make the president accountable. We're talking about impeachment yep. and waive right. all the rules so that we can get the resolution up on the floor. We're talking about the 25th Amendment and what we can do to get with Pence, who has to be in charge of that, uh, to organize the cabinet people in order to consider this. We're talking about what we can do to try and force him to resign. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen at this point, uh, but we all convinced that we cannot walk away without making every effort possible uh, to get him out of office, even though it's only a few days left for him to serve. Here's uh, an article from Associated Press that I find to be shocking and stunning. The National Guard, the Pentagon asked the U.S. Capitol Police three days before if they needed National Guard manpower, they said no. But this is the one that I don't understand. As the mob descended on the building Wednesday, Justice Department leaders reached out to offer up FBI agents. The police turned them down both times. Yes, uh, and I was shocked by that also. And when we do our investigation and the reorganization of security, all of that's got to be taken into consideration and those questions have got to be answered. Why was it turned down? And what is it uh, in reorganization of our security uh, should uh, happen? And who should be communicated with whom? And I also ask uh, our uh, Capitol Police, the Chief of Police, whether or not he had the cooperation of and was working with the Metropolitan Police. He said, absolutely, that was not a problem. I did not ask him about uh, the FBI, and I did not ask him about other possibilities uh, to assist with security, uh, and he did not offer it. And when I talked to him on the day that it was taking place uh, in real time, when they were, you know, crashing in uh, to the Capitol, he simply said, we're doing the best we can. We're doing the best we can. And that was only his an only answer he gave me. The um, uh, 
reason I'm staying on the, on the Capitol Police is because I am greatly disturbed, Congresswoman, for your safety and that of others. Y'all have to trust the Capitol Police are going to protect you. And uh, there was a Capitol Police officer uh, who was anonymous, who gave an interview, who said that there were cops and members of the military who were in this crowd of terrorists, flashing their IDs going by them. Then when you, when you see these comments and you see these actions of these cops, I'm scared that I'm scared for you that you may have some folks who are going to allow someone to come in. There was a video we had earlier of uh, uh, in Oregon, an Oregon state representative who opened the door for these right wing extremists to come into the place. The problem is the people who the evil folks who you're trying to fight, they may be right sitting next to you in Congress. I mean, this, I don't think people really understand what Wednesday was about and how serious this is for the future of the country, the safety of folks like you, as well as when it comes to the democracy of our society. Well, Roland, I have to tell you, I was so pleased that I left uh, the gallery early after uh, the two houses separated and went into a debate about the objections that had been made on, I believe it was Arizona, uh, the first state that was taken up. And I decided not to stay there and listen to the debate because I knew our members who had been uh, identified from uh, our uh, one of our committees uh, uh, to be able, who were going to speak. Uh, I also knew about what they were going to say. So I got up and I left and I walked uh, back to my office and uh, from the time I walked from the gallery to my office I didn't see one Capitol Police nobody until I got to the end of where the tram is where the underground transportation is and so I came into my office and we saw what was going on on uh, television we locked our doors and uh, we did not move we did not go out and at one point I was advised uh, that the Capitol Police wanted us to leave uh, and I think either be escorted to or come to another one of the office buildings. I think it was the Cannon Building. Uh, that they. I told them I wasn't going anywhere. I didn't trust the Capitol Police uh, to tell me where to go or to even guide me anyplace, and I would not go. I stayed here, and we stayed locked in. And so, yes, I know, and I truly believe that if I had encountered those uh, insurrectionists, those mobsters, uh, that I would have been killed. Uh, I am a targeted person. And to tell you, even uh, with the woman who was killed, her name is uh, Ashley Babbitt. Uh, they found information in her automobile that shows that she was said, said she had put, uh, she was putting, uh, had put, Kamala Harris and Maxine Waters on notice, and she made other very, very disparaging comments about us. I am sure that I would have been killed. And so, yes, uh, it was serious. Uh, I think that um, the fact that we ended up with no security uh, and that, uh, you know, the capital security was all breached, uh, uh, that 
we're lucky uh, that uh, not more people lost their lives at this point. They were, and I'm told uh, that they had other kinds of weapons and they had some, uh, what do you call those bombs? Molotov cocktails. Oh, uh, they had Molotov cocktails. That one guy was arrested with 11 Molotov cocktails. Well, that's what we understand. That's what we understand. And so last, qu- was last question for you, Conk. Last question for you. Uh, there are some people are saying Article 25, 25 that's going to Amendment 25, but it's idea of impeachment. The reason I need people to understand why this is, is important, because there are, all it takes is four Republicans, three or four Republican, Republicans to flip. Folks are that upset. If Donald Trump is impeached and convicted, he can't run for president again. That's true. He cannot run for president if he is impeached. That is true. Well, that's why I think people need to understand that even though it's 13 days, it should happen. I really hope the House moves forward because I believe that every Republican congresswoman needs to be put on notice. These Republicans have to make a decision. Are you going to stand with America and democracy or you are going to stand with an insurrectionist and somebody who led a coup d'etat. That, to me, is the only choice here. Clearly, Josh Howley and Ted Cruz and Kennedy and the five others, Marsha Blackburn, the others, they made their decision. But every Republican, and I said every 70-part member of the 74 million who voted for Donald Trump, has to be put on notice. That's why all these people who uh, stormed the Capitol, some of them are getting fired. I hope they all lose their jobs. I hope they all get arrested. They get long jail terms because these people want to overthrow this country. And Congresswoman, they're pissed off because black people voted. Because black people in Atlanta, in Detroit, in Milwaukee, in Philadelphia voted. And that's really who they're mad with. They're pissed that black people have the audacity to decide this election. Absolutely. I think well said. And don't forget, uh, they uh, put up a structure uh, with a noose hanging uh, from it, and that is the symbol of, of what the lynching of black people is all about, and that's what I consider was a message to black people on the Capitol's uh, 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 plaza, uh, that I think it was on the plaza, uh, that uh, we could be hanged by them. Um, just some breaking news here. Uh, Twitter has permanently banned Donald Trump. Again? Permanently? No, no, that was, no, he is permanently banned. Donald Trump will not be able to have a Twitter account again. Wow, now I'm talking about, and that's what I meant when I said to somebody who keeps talking to me about how are we going to come together? How is Biden going to put us together? And how are we going to make this thing right? And how we, and I told him, look, here's what I understand. I understand what racism is all about, and I understand what systemic racism is and why at every juncture we are at a disadvantage. I understand that thoroughly. And I also said to them, it is really up to white people to determine whether or not they are going to change their ways, whether or not they're going to use their power and influence to change things, 
white people sitting in important positions, in important institutions. It is up to white people to determine whether or not they are ready and they're willing and that they have the responsibility to help change uh, what is going on in America. I, 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 the responsibility lies with them. We, we fight, we struggle, we sacrifice, and we die fighting for justice, freedom, and equality. Our ancestors have done it. Uh, it's going all the way up through today, uh, where we have young people who are dying at the hands of police, who target young black men in particular, uh, who are unarmed uh, and shoot you know, people lying in their beds like they did Ms. Taylor. And so it's up to white people to get started. We're trying to change America. I agree. Congresswoman Maxine Waters, it's always great to have you on the show. Keep leading, and we're going to keep following. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. My panel, Michael Imhotep, hosts the African History Network show. Alicia Cross, political analyst and Democratic strategist. Michael Brown, former vice chair, DNC Finance Committee. Michael, uh, you heard what the Congresswoman said. I'm telling you, Michael, I am very, very concerned about Capitol Police. When I see another video, of, of these cops saying, oh, you can disagree with it, but respect it, stuff along those lines. When you see them opening the doors, when you see them waving these people in, look, it has to be scary, Michael, to think that if, you, if you're a person like Congresswoman Maxine Waters, these are the folks who's, who are supposed to protect, to protect you. In essence, um, you pretty much have uh, a Fred Hampton informant standing right next to you. these uh, police shootings where, uh, thank goodness, there's videotape because otherwise it would just be somebody's word against somebody's word. And to watch, I, I, the one, the, obviously we've all seen so much footage over the last couple of days, uh, but I have not seen the footage you just showed about the uh, when the officers were holding the door, kind of basically escorting them in that hallway where the stairwell was. Um, y- you know, what can you say? I mean, it's clear as day, can you imagine um, Black Lives Matter folks being escorted into the Capitol uh, during a protest march? Uh, obviously, we all know that would never ha- have occurred. They'd have been hit with rubber bullets, if not real bullets. So it's just, um, it's unfortunate. It's uh, clearly uh, so fortunate that the new administration's coming in to have, a, obviously, an investigation about what happened. Clearly, um, Congressman Waters and Speaker Pelosi and uh, Congressman Clyburn are all very concerned about the Capitol Police and their uh, behavior during this uh, this endeavor. So I guess we'll have to wait to see what happens. By the way, I love your fireside chat. It looks very nice that you had the little fire uh, behind you. <laughs> well, you know, we figure we're here in Atlanta uh, with this Airbnb. We've got a different little look. I, I, I might have to bring the fireplace uh, back to uh, back to the studio in D.C. So uh, we'll see. Uh, I, I must say, Amisha, uh, uh, here we go to my iPad. Uh, I really love the look of this. Don J. Trump account suspended. <laughs> and, and and think about it. All it took was um, a, a siege on the Capitol. It's it's really it's really frustrating that it took this long. To be honest, and. I, I know that Donald Trump had weaponized social media. He used social media, specifically Twitter, to send out these messages to his supporters, the MAGA crowd, to um, 
to incite violence, not only during the during what we just saw on that raid on the Capitol, but also on state legislatures specifically um, against COVID regulations, against um, against mail-in balloting. We saw it time and time again where he has incited people to go and cause chaos and mayhem across across the country. And I think that Twitter made, definitely made the right decision. And to Maxine Waters' point and yours as well, Roland, earlier, the Capitol Police have a lot to answer to. We've seen pictures of them taking selfies with some of these crazed, um, these crazed, crazed mobsters. We've seen them um, using water to uh, get any types of gas or anything out of their eyes. We've seen them basically coddle these folks in addition to doing handshakes and telling them that they were doing the right thing. And I think we do have to question how a lot of these individuals knew exactly what offices to get to, how to get to certain offices, the speed at which they were able to do it, and the fact that, you know, all of this was a lot more coordinated than is being led to believe by some of our major media sources. A story came out of Raw Story today, which basically alluded to the fact that the uh, Republican attorney generals funded a lot of these individuals who come to D.C., funded a lot of this, uh, a lot of what we saw happen the other day. So I think that there are a lot of people who need to be taken to task here. And we need to not only just think about the day in question, but also all of the people who are involved in orchestrating it. And quite frankly, Republicans have a lot of blood on their hands. Uh, Michael M. Hotep, I made a reference to William O'Neill. William O'Neill was uh, the uh, informant for the FBI who was a right-hand man of uh, Fred Hampton. He was the man who gave the officers in Chicago and the state's attorney's office, gave them the floor plans of the house where Fred Hampton was and pinpointed exactly where Fred Hampton was sleeping and was the one who gave Fred Hampton the drink that knocked right. him out as well. That 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 is of concern to have these Capitol Police officers walking around with badges and guns and they are there to protect members. Who says one of these folks doesn't go rogue and decides to fire a bullet into a CBC member uh, because they stand with Trump uh, in these uh, domestic terrorists? This is the greatest concern that we have. It's the same reason you know, for, 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 the, for the president. You know, the Secret Service is there to protect the president, uh, and, and there's always that fear of an inside job. These people showed themselves. They showed exactly who they are on Wednesday. Absolutely, and, you know, they, there has to be a thorough vetting of the uh, U.S. Capitol Police, just just who, who are members of the U.S. Capitol Police. There has to be a thorough vetting of who are members of the U.S. Capitol Police. But if we go back for a minute to, to the article that you referenced from uh, Associated Press, I talked about that article on my show last night. Capitol Police rejected offers of federal help to quell mob. So you have to add, when you connect that to Representative Steny Hoyer being in the basement in a bunker or something, contacting Governor, uh, Governor of Maryland, Larry Hogan, asking Larry Hogan to send in the National Guard, and it takes 90 minutes Larry Hogan to get uh, approval from uh, the Secretary of Defense or the Pentagon to send National Guard in. And then when you go, when you go, when you look at this article, second paragraph, it says, despite plenty of warnings of a possible insurrection and ample resources and time to prepare, the Capitol Police planned only for a free speech demonstration. But but these people have been planning for week, weeks on social media and they were planning an insurrection. It was out there in the open. So what made them think this was going to be a free speech demonstration? So it's 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 uh, it, it's it, it it's more than just the 
I think it's more than just an inside job. It's something, it's, I think it's multiple things happening at the same time with this. Uh, but this has to be fairly investigated. People need to be prosecuted. Uh, we already saw that uh, U.S. Capitol Police Chief Steve, uh, Stephen Sund has uh, announced uh, he's, he's resigning. Uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, at, uh, demanded his resignation. So, uh, you know, one thing's for certain, this can't happen again. And what's very interesting, brother, is the next day they had new barricades up, more uh, present, more personnel, more presence, you know, military presence, things like that. Well, why didn't you have that 24 hours before? Because there was ample warning for weeks that this was going to take place. Uh, this is um, this is, folks, um, something that 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 is significant. Uh, in terms of what's going on here. And, and, and I want people to, to I, I need everybody to understand this here. What we're dealing with here is a national crisis. Mm-hmm. What we're dealing with here, Amisha, is a major national security concern. To listen to one of these Capitol Hill police officers say that there were law enforcement officers and members of the military flashing their IDs. We know for a fact that they have been white supremacists right now on police forces in the military. We know the military has been fighting white supremacists, removing them from the military ranks, dishonorable discharging them for their actions. But we have to understand, this is why black folks were so critical of allowing a Stephen Miller a white supremacist into the White House because then they are impacting policy. And as we move forward, I think people really need to understand what is at stake. I, I keep telling folk, I don't care. This is not the last time there's going to be an attack on democracy in America. The ice, I have, I need people to understand what the Republican Party has done and what Donald Trump, Donald Trump will put a flamethrower to everything in the society. That's why black people knew he was evil. That's why we knew how despicable he was. And black people warned America and America, namely white America, did not listen you're absolutely correct, Roland. Um, the, the, the flag was waved by black people from jump, um, from the start of President Trump issuing the birther movement and um, spreading lies there. Black people always knew what, what the capabilities were should the Republican Party become weaponized. And we saw that through social media. We saw it through conspiracy theories. We saw it through right-wing media that was carrying those conspiracy theories. And at the end of the day, I, I, a great deal of credit should go to black media and voices like yours who said from day one that this was going to lead to violence, that this was going to lead to chaos, that this was going to lead to a destruction of our democracy, because that was his goal to begin with. Let's not forget that this was scheduled literally not only on January 6th, but the, the other big part of this was that every single state that he really put his weight behind in challenging the vote results were states where Biden won because of the black vote specifically. This was an attack on black voter access. This was an attack on the needs and the the wants of the black community. This was an attack on black people. And I think that we have to fully recognize the fact that, and even in some of the mainstream media I'm hearing today, there are, there are these pushes and this 
quasi understanding that they want us to have of a kumbaya moment that we need to come together on right now and an understanding that you know some of these people they they aren't all bad they aren't all mob crazies these are people who feel like they've been left out of society i'm sorry that's bs these are people who plan to come here to cause chaos and mayhem these are people who've been planning for weeks these are people who came to dc with ied bombs ready to act a dang fool these are people who were intent on harming individuals simply because they wanted to take away the the duly elected new president-elect president uh, Joe Biden, but moreover because they wanted to diminish the role of the black vote. This is no different than when we saw white people act crazy about black folks voting in the 60s. This is no different than when they did it in the Jim Crow era. This is no different than when they did it post-slavery. This is in Reconstruction. This is what they have always done. When they feel as though black people are getting power, they will clown every time to take it back. And that is where we are. Um, folks, um, again, so many things are happening. I said the FBI, they're fanning across the country, arresting various people. They're also looking for a man who they captured on videotape, uh, planting two devices that were bombs outside of the DNC and the RNC. And so, um, it's, again, this is how crazy uh, this thing has gotten, Michael. Uh, and, uh, and the thing here is this here. Because a law enforcement officer died, these people are going to be facing serious charges. There are some of them who are now whining and crying because they're getting fired from their jobs for their participation. Uh, all, those things are, all those things are happening. But again, that officer dying is critical because that is going to take the charters in a whole different uh, direction. Which Michael, which current? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. Uh, I'm uh, uh, the Omega. I'll go, I'll go to the Sigma in a minute. <laughs> um, you know, what's a little frustrating about the whole, and I'm glad the FBI is swarming the country to find the folks that need to be found and arresting them. But the frustrating thing is they had them. They had them at the Capitol already. I don't know why they weren't cuffed then. Uh, I know some were. I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of somewhere like the mid-50s, maybe 53, 54 folks uh, were arrested. Um, Black Lives Matter protesters was like, you know, what was it, 750 arrested. So I don't know why they weren't arrested then, which goes to the whole, the, I guess, the term using inside, potential inside job and letting folks just go back home, uh, letting them leave the scene, letting them leave the site. Uh, and that's what's so frustrating about uh, kind of what occurred uh, and what didn't occur with law enforcement, especially when you, especially when you had them already inside the Capitol. Clearly, you already have them, and you have the evidence that they were inside the Capitol. You cuff them up, you put them in a certain area when they come outside to be processed. They chose not to do that. They chose to let them walk out and uh, go on about their business. So that part is also frustrating. It also has to be investigated why they were able to leave. Michael M. Hotel, um, what we um, are, are, are witnessing here, we are witnessing an existential threat. And I'm telling you right now, if 10,000 Muslims had stormed the U.S. Capitol, right. man, that would, be, that, would be, that would be Muslim concentration camps in America right now. 
jump, brother. It, it would probably only take 10 Muslims to storm the uh, Capitol before something, something like that with Donald Trump in office. Uh, I mean, this is the same guy, one of the, this is the same guy who wanted the Muslim ban, okay? But, um, it, you know, this, this whole thing is, um, it, it, this whole thing is like really, really crazy. And you look at the, so there's been a lot of comparisons between uh, Black Lives Matter activists this past summer, especially in uh, Washington Square, where uh, federal uh, agents were used to clear the square so Donald Trump could go across the street to the church and take a photo out with an upside-down Bible. Um, even even Joe Biden has talked about this the past couple of days. Today he called uh, the, today he did a press conference and he called the uh, insurrectionists uh, domestic terrorist thugs, and he's correct about that. But um, I think it's important for us to really understand. This is one of the things uh, I know you were doing this in 2016, and I used to guest host your syndicated radio show in 2016. This is one of the very thing that I was warning our people about in 2016, long before the election. And I said Donald Trump had to be stopped because I'm looking at what's coming. I'm looking at the rhetoric that Donald Trump was spewing in 2016 before the election. I'm looking at who's following him. You talked about Stephen Miller. Stephen, Steph. People have to understand um, there were about 4,000 positions in Trump's administration he had to fill. A lot of times our people look at the presidency as one person. No, Stephen Miller has crafted a lot of these policies, and Stephen Miller has written a lot of speeches and things like that for Donald Trump. And when you research Stephen Miller, this is one of the biggest white supremacists, and he should never be in a position like this. He should never have this type of power. So, uh, you, you know, brother, the, you know, yeah, we have to be on guard. These next uh, 12, 13 days are, are, are going to be uh, uh, very uh, tumultuous. Um, and I, I, the 25th Amendment, I don't think it's going to take place. You had two cowards, uh, Elaine Child and Betsy DeVos, resign uh, from the cabinet. You, you needed them to implement the uh, 25th Amendment. We, we hear that uh, articles of impeachment are going to be introduced on Monday, but that's going to take some time. So you know, well, we, we have to be vigilant and stay, and stay on guard. Folks, the National Organization of Black Law Enforcement Executives, they are calling for a full-scale review of security protocols at the U.S. Capitol. Noble is questioning how the Capitol Police could have been so ill-prepared for Wednesday's insurrection. Joining us now is Linda Williams. She is the president of the National Organization of Black Law Enforcement Executives. Uh, Glad to have you back on the show, Um, President uh, Williams. When you witnessed what took place on Wednesday, surely... Uh, the law enforcement side of you had to be yelling at the TV going, what the hell are y'all doing and where are the reinforcements? Thank you, first of all, Roland, for having me. Good to see you again. It was an atrocity. The U.S. Capitol and and all the law enforcement element in Washington, D.C., they are well-versed on security protocol and all the resources that are needed to implement a safe environment. There was a lack of discredit of intelligence that was not even recognized or that they decided not to act upon because this is a well-oiled machine. The United States Capitol is a, a, is a people's place, so they're used to these mass uh, collection of people. So it's, it was a travesty in so many levels, and even as we're trying to go back and look at it again, there will be a time to assess the blame 
But now we need to look at it from a different lens of where did we come short and what was the assessment to, to not prepare accordingly. What about, uh, I, I was, uh, I read earlier, I read a comment from Congressman Jim Clyburn uh, who said that his hidden office was discovered. They didn't touch the office with his name on it. He applied this an inside job. You know, that has to be that, that that has to be extremely scary to think that people who are supposed to be protecting House uh, members of Congress could very well have been aiding, abetting those who stormed the Capitol. And that's why it has to be a thorough after action report, just like how we saw that some of those officers uh, were were pacifying or placating those those that that, that mob. Uh, as federal employees, we are apolitical, and there is a standard and a professional uh, aptitude that one takes. And so, again, a thorough after-after report, it was a travesty on so many levels that they need to go back and look at it step-by-step uh, step because it's not a lack of preparation that they didn't know how to do it, didn't know what to do. We know every four years there is an inauguration, and it's a well-oiled machine with law enforcement from all over the nation to converge in for a safe environment. So again, we have to go back right now, not to, to assess blame, but again, go back and walk backwards to see where, where that lapse in, in, in decision-making decision -making was made. Um, the, um, I, I'm uh, hearing, uh, first of all, uh, the interim police chief is Yoganda uh, Pittman, she was a deputy to Stephen's son. She is now uh, the acting chief of Capitol Police, a sister uh, now. And um, the thing here, uh, how do you lead uh, an investigation of this type? Some people are saying put Capitol Police under Secret Service. Um, and so how does one go about even some people are saying, you know, you got to purge the ranks of people uh, who are aiding and abetting these folks. How do you even do that? It starts with a collaborative effort, not only from the investigative arm of the Capitol Police, but external uh, uh, investigators to come in to make it unbiased. And so it has to start from day one of what that planning, how they start planning and who made the ultimate decisions of not to execute you know, the elements and the resources need to control such. So it goes way back. They are very well tuned. Uh, and, they, and they have done this over and over without this occurring. So again, the decision makers, who did that and for what reason? And that's where we need to start because this is nothing new. It happens all the time. Now with the intel or whether they were biased in doing that and not to give the same uh, protection and, and put the resources for a crowd of that nature, versus what they did to Black Lives Matter is what we need to look at. Uh, we talked to Congresswoman um, Maxine Waters, and she had a meeting with the chief, the former chief now. We assure her everything is going to be fine. But what really bothers me is after, like in the midst of this coup d'etat, the Justice Department called and said, hey, we can send FBI agents. They go, nah, we're good. We got this under control. What? I would think in that situation, you say all hands on deck, send me everybody you got. Well, rolling in, it, it, you know, it, the proof is in the pudding. The images bear themselves out. We saw what happened. 
we saw that that was a mob. They call it insurrection or coup. Domestic terrorist is what it is. And so, again, that they, they were asleep at, at the will that they decided, you know, because this has not been done at a Trump uh, rally before. That's not that's not in-depth uh, entail. You still have to prepare and be on the ready. You know, one thing in all of my training as a federal agent, you are trained for what you know. You might not get to execute those skill set every day, but this is something that wasn't out of the ordinary, and, and a plan and a secure security plan was in place. There's a standing MOU throughout Washington, D.C., as we see all the time, and you know that even at the White House, Secret Service uh, guards the White House ground, park police handles the, the sidewalks, and Metropolitan handles the street. So it is a is ever uh, rotating um, jurisdictional support as, as, as we, we secure these, these buildings in Washington, D.C. So it wasn't that the security plan did not exist. The choice was made. Why didn't we execute it accordingly? Under Williams, President Noble, we certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much for joining us. And thank you for having me. All right, got to go to a break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about uh, Donald Trump saying he's not going to go to Joe Biden's, Joe Biden's inauguration. Well, we ain't going to miss your punk ass not being there. That's next to Roland Martin Unfiltered. I want to talk to the Trump supporters for a minute. I don't know who you are. I don't know why you like this guy. Whatever he does. Okay, that was maybe the first third or the first half. It's a two and a half hour program or longer. So we'll close this segment because we're running out of time and we'll start the next segment and we may have to do this again it will more than likely be close to three hours over two hours thank you for listening